It is such an honour to get to speak here today on Baptism Sunday. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I'm kind of rubbing it in because the baptisms are happening at the end of the next service. We've not got them in this service. But how many people here, you don't have to put your hands up, but I know a lot of people here have already been baptised and God did something amazing in your life on that day. And we're going to take some time to go back and to remember. Do you remember we had that preach a few weeks back from Pastor Julian where he took the bread and wine and reminded us of how we can go back to the bread and wine and we can remember our covenant with God. Well, we can go back to our baptisms in exactly the same way and we can remember exactly what it is that God has done in our lives. But maybe you're sat there this morning and you're like, hang on a minute. Well, I don't, I don't actually know what you're talking about. This is the first time I've ever come to church. Maybe during lockdown you were exploring Christianity. Maybe you're in Citygate Kids and you are waiting until you are old enough to get baptised. Well, I'm not leaving you out today. Honestly, this preach is just as much for you as it is for those that have been baptised. Because as I go through this morning, I want you to really understand the rich symbolism that takes place in baptism. So for those of you who maybe don't know, let me first of all explain what baptism is. My story, as Pastor Julian said, I grew up in church and when I was 11, the church we were at, they had a pool quite similar to this one that's over here. And I stood up before my church and I said that I have chosen to make Jesus Lord of my life. I explained that as a young child, I'd realized that I needed Jesus in my life and I had given my life to him. And that that was a private moment between me and God, but that Baptism Sunday, that was like my public declaration of my faith in my God. And what happens in a baptism is that you go into the water and you have two thankfully strong men, one each side of you, and they lower you down into the water and they bring you up again very quickly. Praise God. And what we're doing is we're saying, do you know, that's symbolic. It's symbolic that Jesus died and he rose again. But it's more than that. It's symbolic that I died. I used to live my life for me. But it's symbolic that I died. And now I've risen to serve my God. And that's what baptism is about. So this morning, I want to remind you, for those of you that have been baptized, what's your baptism story? For those of you who've not been baptized, what is your story? Because I know, like we sang earlier, God is already at work in your life. He has been so faithful to you, whether you've been really aware of it or maybe not very aware of it. God has been so faithful to you. And I want you to remember, and we're going to look today, a guy in the Bible who's called Naaman. And we find him in 2 Kings chapter 5, and I'm going to pick the story up in verse 1. Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife, and then she said to her mistress, if only, if only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he 
would heal him of his leprosy. This is the beginning of Naaman's story. At that time, there was the kingdom of Israel. They were the people that had the promises of God. They were the people who had the relationship with God. They were the people who knew how to worship God. And they were the people that had the prophet in their midst. But Naaman was outside of all of that. He was in Syria, but we read God was already at work in his life. He was a successful man. He was a prosperous man. He was a mighty man of valor. He had all the trappings of success, but he had a problem that he couldn't solve. He had leprosy. And in those days, believe me, leprosy is worse than COVID. You didn't do 10 days in self-isolation. You did the rest of your life in self-isolation because those symptoms weren't going away. Everything he had built his life for was at risk because of this problem that he couldn't solve. But someone in his life who knew God said, if only. They cared enough to say, if only. And who was it that came into your life and went, if only? If only you come to church with me. If only you watch this video. If only you listen to this song. If only you listen to this podcast. Read this book. Come on, Alpha. Visit my small group. Come to Summer Sundays and eat jerk chicken. Someone cared enough for you to say, if only you'd come and encounter God. For me, as you know, it was my parents. I was what's called a strong-willed child. And I think my mum was a bit, if only, if only she would encounter God. But I did. And that was the start of my journey. What's the start of your journey? And can I come with a follow-up question? Who do you see? Who do you see that's got a something that if only... You had an opportunity to speak into their lives. They too could have an encounter with God. Why don't this week you take time to pray for them, that you have that opportunity to talk to them. Let's pick up the middle of the story. And my Bible has completely flipped to a different page. Here we go. Do you know what, guys? Can you put it on the screen? Thank you. There we go. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariots and he stood at the door of Elisha's house and Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored to you and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stay and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hands all over the place and heal the leprosy. I'd be a great prophet, wouldn't I? I can do that bit. Naaman, in his shame about this leprosy, had come with all of his status symbols. He'd come with his chariots, with his horses. Other verses tell us that he'd brought gold and clothing. He had a letter of introduction from his king. He'd come with every status symbol to prove his worth and his value. But Elisha shut the door on all of that did not entertain any of that. See, the Bible tells us it's not of works that we get saved. It's through faith that we get saved. And Elisha was pushing to see if he had any faith. Elisha was pushing. If I give you something to do, will you obey God, trusting him that it will come to pass? Will you go dip in a river, which you've done a thousand times before, believing that this time it will be different because your God will do something amazing? And I want to ask you today, what is it that you you've done in your life. I'm sure there's been many times where you've stepped out in faith and you've thought, this is crazy. This is crazy. Why am I giving away 10% of my income to God when I'm already in debt? Why am I forgiving that person?
person that has hurt me? Why am I laying hands on my friend who's sick, believing God will heal them? But it's that step of faith that we do. It's those simple things that God asks us to do. And as we step out in faith, God moves and does something incredible. So what's your story today? What is it that God has already done in your life? But let me challenge you today. What is it that God is asking you to do today? Maybe there's a problem that is staring you in the face. Maybe there's a circumstance that is screaming loudly. But I know that God will already have given you that simple thing, that simple thing that says, will you trust me? Will you take that step of faith and obey me and see what I can do? We're going to jump to the end of Naaman's story now because thankfully he had some good friends around him that encouraged him to obey what God was asking of him. And it says, so he went down and he dipped seven times in the Jordan according to the saying of the man of God and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child and he was clean. You know, I love this bit. I love this bit because this is the gospel in a nutshell. It's that moment when we say yes to Jesus. It's that moment when we trust him with our lives, just like Naaman's flesh was made clean. That spot that he couldn't remove with anything, Jesus just took away. God does that to our insides. The moment we say yes to God. The moment we accept that gift of salvation, Jesus makes us so clean on the inside and he restores us and he heals us. But you know what? The bit of that verse that I love the most is that Naaman came and he dipped seven times in that water. He had to keep going. He had to dip seven times and yet years later, Jesus would come to that very same river and John the Baptist would baptize him once because Jesus died once and for all. When Jesus died on that cross, he sat, stood there and said, it is finished. He died once and for all. And I know that there is something in so many of us that are like, oh, I would love to get baptized again, but we don't have to because we can stand in the knowledge that it is no longer I that lives. It's Christ who lives in me. It is finished. I have been made clean. I am whole. I have been restored. I am a child of God. And can I say today, if you've been through the waters of baptism, you can stand on that. When the enemy comes with whispering, but what about? But what about that thing in your past? What about that mistake that you made? What about that situation? What about that temper? What about that addiction? What about that relationship that's beyond repair? What about that debt that you're in? You can go back to your baptism and you can say, no, it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. I have been made clean. I have been made whole. I am free. The symbolism in our baptism is so huge and you can go back to it. You can go back and you can remember all that God has done in your lives. But maybe you're sitting here this morning again, but I don't have a story with God. I've never said 
yes to God. I feel like the Syrian who's still outside and doesn't quite understand what's going on. I, 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 I don't understand what Jesus has really done for me. Well, I want to give you an invitation today. You know, God was already at work in that Syrian's life before he encountered the prophet. And I know that God is already at work in your life. You're here today. That's proof enough that God has got a plan for your life. And I want to extend to you this morning an invitation to start the next chapter in your life. I want to give you that invitation to simply come to him and accept that work that he did on the cross for you. So with every head bowed and with every eye closed, I'm going to ask you that question. What's your story today? Is your story that you want to say yes to Jesus for the very first time? And if it is, I'm going to give you a really simple thing to do. Would you just raise your hand? Because in a moment, I'm going to pray. And I want to know who I'm praying with. And it's a really simple prayer. We're just going to accept Jesus as Lord is your life. And you are going to be made clean the same way that Naaman's flesh was made clean. Is there anyone here today you want to say yep? Include me in the prayer. I'm taking that simple act. I see that hand, thank you. And I see that hand over there as well, thank you. Is there anyone else? You're ready to start that next chapter in your relationship with God. Come on, church, let's pray. I'm going to say a sentence and you repeat it after me. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. I thank you that you've made me clean. And today I choose to live for you. I give you my life. I am now a Christian. Come on church, let's celebrate with them this morning.